and there it is it's it's it it's what you like you know it kind of starts your i'm gonna assume your wednesday it might be a different day but in my head it's wednesday it's that noise it's our voices and what we are we are your favorite podcast thank you for making us the world's best podcast about gaming this is weekly games chat uh need i remind you my name is sean I have two other fine gentlemen with with me, as you know, I we always do, because we roll together. You know what I'm saying? Bad boys for life, and some skittles, Joe. Uh, as I tend to do, I'm going to introduce John first. I I proclaim he is the the better part, you know, of the show of the Hashtag cast of characters. Facts. Hashtag facts. But you know, sometimes I go, should I do that? Yes, always. <laughs> Should I? But ladies and gentlemen, let's give him a proper introduction. John. John, how you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, Sean. How are you? Good. That's great to hear. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you should know that I will never I will never let you down. I will continue to be the greatest host <laughs> video games have ever seen. And it's a history here, ever. Uh and and you know, I said we we have it's John, myself, and and we are officially past the Christmas season, which means, which means a music spectacular has graced your ears. A fine one, if I may add that. And that was brought to you by the man, the legend, the greatest ghost of all time, Christopher. Chris, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. If you guys could read our show notes, you would realize that uh, grammar is not part of the legendary aspect of one of our hosts here. And just like that pot shot, Sean, did you hear the music? <laughs> the music spectacular last week. Did you listen to it? I listened to a part of it, not the whole the, thing. Yeah, the episode was riddled with pot shots at me. Yeah, <laughs> I did constant, notice constant blast of just. Yeah, John hates Star Wars. For for the record, if I say anything about John to him, it's a pot shot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, first of all, let's just go ahead and acknowledge the fact that the word "pot shot" yes has been brought to the podcast and to the audience. Uh, I have never heard John say "pot shot," but I feel like he's always said "pot shot." He he really has. Well, you know. But but seriously, hey, John and Sean. Uh huh. What do you wish for? What do you <laughs> desire? <laughs> no. So what happened right there is I'm going to admit that mm-hmm. uh, I just watched a Hallmark movie <laughs> that Santa uh, showed up and asked the main uh, actress what she what was her wish, and she wanted courage and bravery. Uh, so that was the worst timing for you to ask me what I wish for because I went to a Hallmark movie, you know. The great the hallmark is where the heart is, mm. you know, of movies on TV. Well, you know? should, one week we should deviate from video games. You see, Sean, deviate means, but um, and, and just have speaking of pot shots, unsolicited pot shot. We should just have Bobby on the show to talk about the the subculture, if you will, of hallmark movies and the people who love them. It's like an expose. 
I, I'm like, down for exposés. I just want to hear about this. Like I've, cause I've watched one, I've watched one or two before, whether they show up on Hallmark or a lifetime, they're, they're sort of cut from the same Ooh, lifetime movies. Not and the I, same as Hallmark I, movies. When they're holiday related, they have a tendency to have the same <sighs> type of themes holiday. And I just, I was on the treadmill one time watching this thing and I just, uh, I, I walked out of the gym. <laughs> <laughs> just walk right off the treadmill and like, out the oh, gym. This was uh, uh this was not made I, for me. I am not I the target. See, I didn't I, understand it. I, I know the gym. I think we've gone to the same gym before and it has the the TVs where mm-hmm. you can see them, but I, I try to not watch anything on the treadmills. It's more of the buttery beats of electronic dance music yeah. or the uh you know the the grooving beats of hip hop, hip hop anonymous music. Uh, that really gets me going when I when I work on the treadmill, and that was many years ago because now I am not treadmill worthy. Got to start somewhere, right, boys? <laughs> <laughs> January first. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to start this news with you. It, it broke on Twitter um, about twenty seven thirty minutes ago. I guess about a half an hour ago that Michael B. Jordan is going to be directing Creed three. Yeah, I just uh, yeah. I just read that that was according to Tessa Thompson who plays. Um, his, his girl, wife, right? His, his wife. Well, there's spoilers because the I haven't watched Creed two, <laughs> but that makes sense. You have not. Whoa, 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 whoa! You whoa. I don't know why I haven't. I just that's never not got to anyone's see fault, bro. Yeah, I never got to go see it in theaters because you know John was usually my outlet to Rocky, but he refuses to go to movies with anyone anymore except his wife. Um, so you know, hey, pot shot number two. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I, I mean, like. I know it's been on Prime and Hulu, and I don't know why. I just haven't sat down and watched it. Because you want to come over and watch it. Yeah, you do. That's what you he wants. Invited some me. Pop, popcorn, you know, some snacks. <laughs> snacks. Nice cold beverage. <laughs> uh, I also never directed anything before. Who? Uh, Rex Chapman. I don't <laughs> think Michael B. Jordan has directed anything. Maybe outside of like an episode of a show or something. But I got to say, seeing the, the, the image they used for the Creed three, Michael B. Jordan directing here. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's amazing how good the, uh, the Creed boxing PS VR game made him look like he really looks. It's, I love that. Uh, just to kind of weave some, some video game stuff back in. But speaking of weaving, <laughs> uh, I saw a video that disturbed me and it was robots weaving. Some people call it dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Boston Dynamics. They're called the Atlas Robots, mm-hmm. and they're dancing to the contours. Do you love me? Mm-hmm. They look real AF. Those aren't the I scariest am, ones, dude. I'm terrified if robots can move like this. The, I'm out, dude. The scariest ones are the ones that are like basically that they've built their dogs, but they're like yeah, dogs that yes, can almost move yes as fast what? as <laughs> like a what deer or something. You? It is is ridiculous. <laughs> That the dogs are dancing with the robots, mm-hmm. dude, and they're getting down. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I had a dance floor full of robots when I'm when I'm on the ones and twos, I'd be happy and freaked out at the same time. Because <laughs> they're gonna catch you one day, uh, I, dude. I don't know, dude. And I saw that because on our Twitter feed, at uh, uh, Rex Chapman put it out there, and that's why I said that a minute ago. And our boy Chapman Maddox liked it, so. Hmm. robots scare me um i think they're i think we're talking them into existence i think books were written and then people were like we're gonna make robots for real and then i mean they're gonna take 
they're going to take over and it, they really are because we won't stop. They, they've kind of been around for quite some time. I, know, I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> Listen, uh, I don't know how to tell you this either, but they, they still scare me when they move. Like I just watched again, if you want to watch it, yeah, you Google Atlas robots contours and it should pop right, right, right. Like up for you. Do you love me? It's mm-hmm. about a two minute something video and it's, it's insane. It's it's kind of cray. I'm just saying. So, uh, since we've uh, last talked, like I mentioned, uh, the holidays have kind of come and gone. We're waiting on the new year. I like to point out, boys, this is the final, listeners, boys, mm-hmm. the final podcast of Weekly Games Chat mm-hmm. ever for <laughs> for twenty twenty. This is it. You had We're to rapping. pause, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> Nation. Uh, uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have fun. Uh, you know, it's kind of what we do. You guys, um, did you guys know mm-hmm. that in the seventies, a a a serial killer in Chris's homeland of England? Oh, you're talking about the Ripper, aren't you? I didn't say serious. You are scaring me to death. <laughs> What? Y'all have that problem when you say the word serious that Siri pops up on your phone? Yeah. It's insane. Uh also when you just mention anything, all of a sudden, you know, it's yeah. on your phone as an ad somewhere. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so I I completely did not know mm-hmm. about the Ripper and how uh the 1970s version was was terrorizing that kingdom that you know that when i say kingdom uniting kingdom, it went, the, the country it went a while went like yeah, a like, decade like seven yes <laughs> and so of course uh right here in our intro we kind of pivot on what we've watched lately and this is on netflix and i got kind of i got kind of it wasn't duped but i thought it was more shot like a like a series mini series movie kind of thing but it's not it's an actually four-part documentary oh uh, so you so, thought you thought it was yeah. like how that manhunter is yeah, yeah, and it's it's but it's still done. They have so much footage of mm-hmm. you know that that time frame, and and the final episode kind of reveals that one of the detectives maybe could have solved yeah, the a, case. There was I was a, like, what? There's actually oh there. God. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore, but this was how I saw it way back and first learned about it was, uh, it's called the Red Riding trilogy where it was like every movie took place around that, that, you know, a uh, serial killer, right? Like, and it would take place during a year with different characters shot by a different director. Yeah. Um, Sean beans in it, of course. Oh, love that uh, guy. <laughs> it was like, there was like a lot of like British people who have become bigger since that. I think, you know, that was maybe like the first time I ever saw them in something. You know, just as like, I was like, I don't know who you are. And then like three years later, I'd be like, oh, I remember you. <laughs> hey, Sean, uh, fun fact about the Cheshire Ripper. He actually died this year. Mm. Oh, that you is know how he died. Mm. Was he gutted? It's an, it's ironic in 2020. This is oh COVID. He died. he died of COVID. COVID Crazy. got the Yorkshire Ripper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And dude. If if you don't want to watch the series and you Google this guy, you know, they do a good job of if somebody like myself who had zero knowledge of it, you have no idea what the guy looks like. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most terrifying thing ever. 
Yeah, they did. I, I was, I was like, you know, I was hoping that uh, they wouldn't show his face mm-hmm. or introduce you to the guy. Yeah, you know, they 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 allowed the 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 viewer to go along with the case, and then they didn't show him until maybe the like the like the, the light, the almost final. the last, yeah. yeah. And it's crazy how I, I it's still kind of new as far as the series. The, the story's definitely way past spoilage. But it's yeah. scary because spoilage. let's just let's just say well, I can't even say that. Never mind. Is it spoilage I, I was, if I was, it's a documentary? <laughs> well, I was surprised on how he he could be any of us. Yeah, he he you know he he it was it's crazy. Well, he could certainly uh, be you. I don't know. Uh, I think Chris pulls off a better beard. I was talking to Chris. No. <laughs> um, fun I could news definitely for go the for fan, a you guys. I'm sure have seen this. You guys are fans of The Office, but so this should make you happy. I saw that. Um, uh, it was on Facebook, and now I've seen it on Twitter too. That Kevin, uh, Brian makes bank. <laughs> ba- ba- yeah, Baumgartner. <laughs> yeah, that dude apparently does cameos and makes bank. So, yeah. uh, I I know a lot of folks who love The Office, and I um I watch one Twitch streamer who is and like that's all he watches, and it makes me happy to know that people that I know that like The Office, these characters still make cameos and they do things. And I swear, you guys, all you got to nudge me into watching this thing. Mm-hmm. I got to get the to get in the office and get the references. And you've never watched the watch office? It? No, I can't. Wow, I've I've tried, and I go. The if first my friends like this show. How are we friends? The first season is maybe, <laughs> I think, the most uneven of them. But like, man, from there on out, like once they get to the the end of season one, and then from season two to about five is like brilliant yeah it's that's just some of the best american sitcom stuff i think that's ever been done i remember hearing a lot of this radio show i listened to about how this office was not as good as the you know the britain's office with ricky gervais yeah is that a subjective thing i I think think, obviously yeah but there the thing to say is that there are two different things in the sense that the British office only made two series and I think they're only like 12 episodes each and like maybe one or two Christmas specials. Whereas, you know, the office had a short first season, but then it was a typical American sitcom where it's like 20 episodes every 22 episodes every year. So, you know, some of them are really, really great. Other ones are just like, okay, here's an episode, you know, and some things hit, some things don't maybe hit as well. Um, what yeah. Um, <laughs> what happened? I uh, I that, I want to give it a go. That, that bit is a consistent theme throughout the show. Yes, yeah, that that's what she said, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some say it originated there, but it didn't. It was always around. It didn't. They just made it really funny and famous. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? My the favorite. Last- my favorite bit. My favorite one he did was when he walks. Michael Scott walks into the office and sees. Uh, <laughs> and sees Dwight dangling grapes like eating grapes like this dangling over his mouth and Michael Scott walks into the office and goes that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> uh, and see that's the, how do I not like it I gotta I gotta push past it I got to you know Chris Chris gives me good stuff to watch and yes. I think I failed him when I watched the police box call box show <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris, I did think about you, a, a dad somewhere, 
made the Doctor Who Who call box as an uh, as the TARDIS, the doorway, the TARDIS, right, as the doorway to get into their child's room. Yeah. So the kid walked into the TARDIS to go to its room. That's cool. And if I see it again, I'll forward it to you, and and we'll go from there. But I know we're getting up in time on this intro, and and don't forget that coming after this is going to be, of course, the topic. Uh, But did you boys have a a happy Christmas for the most part? Were you able to see your parents, Chris? I know with COVID, um, that's usually a special time for you and John. Hope you had a good one, too. You guys saw I got. uh, Yeah, I went over there. Um, We all wore masks. It was just like me, my sister, and my two parents trying to keep socially distant and you know it was more of a simplified dinner than maybe what we normally would do like they just yeah. ordered crab cakes from maryland and made some potatoes <laughs> fancy was, you know simple yeah like right like it was it was delicious because i was like all right i got free maryland <laughs> crab cake for christmas that's pretty nice but um but at the same time uh you know didn't get to see all my family didn't get to have maybe like the traditions that we're all used to and you know you, you do what you can yeah, you do what you got to do. Did you get cheesecake? No, didn't even have that. Oh, that hurts my soul. Mm-hmm. I did see where John's wife, his wife, my wife, uh, <laughs> uh, posted a picture of a, I think it was around Christmas Eve or so. And you are social distancing, you're outside. Uh, were you at that event? You had yeah, to have been, right? I no? was. Oh, he was? Not, I was. He was asking if I was. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you were John, and and that's kind of the the theme. We all had to kind of be safe. We had to be aware. Uh, you know, there's that second strand coming that's already over here in Colorado. It's terrifying. Thanks a lot, whoever brought it over here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, it for me, dudes, it hit me that uh, the, Christmas Eve was six months since the date of my accident. So mm. I was an emotional, all up in my feelings like Drake on Christmas Day. Mm. but uh that's what it's about man friends and family and uh you know that that's the good stuff there's an artist named kenny chesney john he sings country music he wrote about the good stuff one time he sang about it in a if, country way i will say if you'd watched uh <laughs> did you watch soul sean yes yeah if you watch that probably and you think of like what you went through this year yeah that will hit you to the emotional yeah. <laughs> core I, I i watched it one morning i was up before everybody else mm uh and was crying like a baby <laughs> yeah that movie was a lot different than what i thought was going to be in the first 10 minutes of that movie <laughs> for sure holy yeah. crap so yeah, yeah i'm gonna go ahead and, and officially give a thumbs up and uh if you've got disney plus watch soul i think it's a good movie yeah i really really do um we're looking on time chris you ready to, to move on you think you Nine, think we're good 19 minutes and 30 seconds oh, yeah. 19 minutes and 30 because you know, why would you talk about the yeah it's about why would you talk about wonder woman 1984 oh, the, you know 1984 <laughs> i haven't watched it yet but i've wow. heard mixed things so hopefully have you watched it yeah has john watched it yes i'm the only one who hasn't watched it so maybe at the intro of next week's show we can talk about it mm. maybe if we're going to talk about it we're going to be about it well you, know you have saying? homework to do life <laughs> <laughs> No, we have homework. So well, that's why Chris, you didn't get my reference from earlier. That makes sense now. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it fed into the other. Th- it worked. It worked. You know? Yes. It was not quite a square peg in a round hole. It was, I don't have anything to compare it to. It, it, it's fine. Uh, but if you've got your notes handy and you're ready to do your thing, you know? Let's do it. Me and John are going to, we're going to bring the pain. 
<laughs> right, John? Mm. Why are you laughing, John? All right. Let's, <laughs> let's do it then. Let, yeah, let's do it. Rock it out. And we have made it to the promised land of topic time. I will shut up now because your boy Chris is about to tell you what the topic be. Chris. Uh, apparently there's a restock of uh, Xbox Series X. Um, what just happened, Chris? <laughs> I was Where's like, that restock at? Huh? New egg. If you really want a Series S, apparently 6 p.m. on Tuesday was your chance. Sorry, guys. I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the topic is, <clears throat> oh God, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. That's right. Wait a week to do we that. Have left, <laughs> we have left twenty twenty, and we are in the year twenty seventy seven. Yeah, I think that's the weird thing. Like, if the board game actually takes place in twenty twenty. I think I read. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's based uh, off of. That is a little weird. Well, the game, I, I guess the game, the board game came out in the 80s. So. Wait, like when I was alive? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is when the wife remembers I'm on a podcast and she says, sorry. <laughs> you bring them on me. Fine. It's fine. Everybody knows who you are. John wants to actually have a an expose on Hallmark Hallmark movies and the culture within that community. I'm in. There you go. We're in, John. Whatever you need. Anyway, you we could take a guys, we could just take January off and right? We could just take January off and let her yeah, her and her best friend just do they would do it. They could do it. They would do it. Yeah. Ah, so so John, do you play twenty? 77? Hell no. <laughs> and uh, H to the Nizzo. And, and, I, uh, and Sean, did you play 2077? No, but I saw it in person, not just on the interwebs. You saw it in person. What did you see it on? So, uh, yeah, I guess I can tell you this. So, uh, mm-hmm. the aforementioned mm-hmm. best friend of my wife. Your wife? Oh, uh, okay. Her hubby downloaded on his PC, which he built several years ago. And had pretty BA PC then, and he was running the game. I got to see the, I hope you talk about this to a degree, the customer, customer, character creation screen. <laughs> yeah. Because boy, oh boy, speaking of hammers. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I got to be honest, he single-handedly made me, when the game is fixed or mm. promised to be more fixed, I, I don't want to not play this game. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um. So, so there's that. Well, I spent... Hold on. I'll just pull up my Steam Wait, store what? account here and just Your verify steamer. how many hours of Cleveland I've, steamer. I've now spent with Cyberpunk. Uh, I've spent... Yeah, I brought him up to you. You up to him as well. I have spent apparently 139 hours. So holy lord. Maybe if you uh, put in idle time and things like that, maybe more like 115, I don't know. But you know. So are, are you ready to talk about it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you think you've played it enough, dude? 
We don't want to get this going too early. I think I think I've, I I think I feel confident in my opinions on on cyberpunk. I don't, I don't think you know enough. I think you need to come back to the mm. table. Later. Let's go back to the drawing board. You know, think of a new angle. All right, we can talk about Hades again. Um, yeah. So Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven um, is, for lack of a better word mixed <laughs> and definitely I, that's all that i can uh, that's the if you want the overhead experience that that's the best thing i can say there will be part of me that will always wonder as i've played this game especially with the news that has come in the last couple of weeks here since release what this would have been like if they had just said a get rid of the current gen version or last gen right versions of the game we're just going to eventually bring it to next gen consoles and that's it. And we're just going to focus on making this PC version, right? And kind of be like Witcher 2, launch on PC and then maybe about a year later you get it on uh on Xbox Series X and and PS5. Um, maybe because there are and it and it pains me because I can also say while I have mixed feelings about it, I don't know if I've ever been to a city that was original, right? Like, isn't something like GTA where you're going like, yep, that's supposed to be Los Angeles, right? Even though we're calling right. it San Andreas or going into Wait, Watch what? Dogs, <laughs> even though, you know, we go into Watch Dogs 2 and yep, that is San Francisco um, or, you know, Paris and say Assassin's Creed Unity. Take your pick, right? All these kinds of games. I've never been to something that was like original like this. And I just went down and I was like, this is like, feels like the most developed, well articulated, artistically drawn to make you feel like you're in the environment it's trying to be in. Like I started out this game and I got into a flying vehicle and my flying vehicles descending down more into the street level, you know, to the crime, to the grittiness. Right. And I just felt like, I was literally achieving my dream of having a Blade Runner game. Like I love yeah. Blade Runner, and this this yeah this game was definitely it, it's like yeah I think it was more on your more than just on your radar. You literally made plans yeah and and cut out you know time to to experience exactly what you just said. You've mentioned that Blade Runner reference yes many times in talking about you know your preparation to get this game. So that part so far at least makes me happy for you. Yeah, like, you know, when you see just like artistic design and everything, it is it is top notch. Um top notch. Like, you know, whereas like Deus Ex definitely gives those wonderful cyberpunk vibes. It doesn't feel like a world you're living in. Whereas when you're coming into this, this definitely feels like everything is built off the world of what cyberpunk kind of sets up. Like the idea of corporations being so in control and powerful in this world that they can just do horrifying things to people. Um, but at the same time, because of that power, they also have the ability to produce things that like, it's almost a city of greed and desires fulfilled. If you also want to, especially if you have the money to do it, but then you can also go out to the badlands and see people who have rejected that society uh, and how different their way of life is, or go to the slums and see what the cost of success is, which is that, you know, there are a bunch of poor people 
uh, that are just kind of living in little shacks. And then three streets over, there's, you know, a bunch of corporations with just all this glitzy stuff that's trying to get money from them. You know, the one (laughs) percent. Yeah. And like there's there's a mission halfway through this game where like you come in contact with the true one percent. And I just was like, I want to rob these people. Who are you people again to stay up here above all us? Because I I thought I was doing well, but apparently I'm not not compared to them. Um, so the idea of this game is you are V you can customize your V how you want. Yeah. Um, as, as Sean alluded to, if you wish to have a massive Richard, you can have a massive Richard or you could have, or of a JJ. Yeah. Though there's only one, but JJ option. Yeah. Uh, but it's glorious. Yeah, so, cause <laughs> patriarchy. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really know why they went so hardcore on the character creator because once you make the character it's not like you can really do anything to change it and about the only time you ever see him or her is when you decidingly go to a mirror and you have to press to interact to see yourself in the mirror right or if you're driving in third person and you're on a motorcycle you'll see your character then um, Wait, you don't? Do you not see your character in cutscenes? No, because all the it, game it, has cutscenes. Uh, no, I mean, pretty much the only cutscenes that are really in there are maybe romantic, and even then, Ooh. I mean, yeah, maybe in one or two of those you might see your character for like a second, but it's primarily all from a first person. Uh, Hashtag Pound Town or right? a different kind of scene. <laughs> yeah, so you know, <laughs> I, I mean, like I. It just didn't kind of make sense to me. I'm like, you put all this option in here. And and I'm like, eh, it doesn't really go anywhere from there. Uh, as far as like, you can't go to a barber shop later in the game, right? And go, oh, well, I have this kind of outfit. Let me make give my guy this kind of beard or this kind of haircut, right? Um, yeah. It do just you get is. new clothing and stuff, though? Or does that not you, even matter either? You do get new clothing, and it's got stats. And as a result... Again, this is like where you start to get into the mixed bag territory. I don't mind that there's clothing in the game, right? I mind the fact that there's not really, outside of one that I've seen, uh, clothing sets. So basically, you just get random hodgepodge of types of of different quality clothing. And it becomes this thing because it's gear related that you're just putting on the best items you have right to give you the most armor to for combat and therefore like after about five ten hours your guy just looks like this just random crazy hippie that's just like you know (laughs) got lost at a rave and he's just like yeah i stole this guy's biker jacket and put on these parachute pants with uh goggles and you know it's buddy there's no like your dad Sean, you would appreciate it. There's no like transmog system. So I can't like oh, sit there and go. I was going to ask that question. Cause yeah, that would make sense. This is, that would be how you, you rectify this, right? Is to say, Hey, I have the stats of the most powerful thing, but I want to look like this. I, I want to like, whether it's like, I want to look like the cool high class techno cyber guy, or I want to be someone who looks like a street kid. You know, yeah. there's not really be, a way be, to do it unless you just want be, sacrifice. Because the clothes have, like you mentioned, they have stats, that kind of takes it away from how GTA does it, where you it's more about just your swag. It doesn't yeah. really boost you. Mm-hmm. So now that you've introduced stats, you almost need to have a transmog system. Yeah. Because you may like, you know, piece A, but eventually piece D 
mm-hmm. is the one that has the best stats. And but you know, it's that's kind of a little bit unfortunate, but yeah, it's not a deal breaker. It's just a mixed bag, you know. Yeah, <laughs> mixed bag. Um, so the idea, the the setup of the game is after you've made V, you can pick one of the three life paths. They don't. They. This is again like some people I think had unrealistic expectations on this. Um, they are more of a starting point and an option for dialogue than they are like some really big transformative experience. So they are Corpo, uh, Street Kid, and Nomad. And like, so, you know, me, I, I chose Corpo. So I started out working for a high-end corporation. Uh, Jeff, I believe he was Street Kid. So he was kind of like just working with, I think, local robbers trying to make a heist Who or something Jeff? like that. Yeah, right? Friend of the show, Jeff. And then uh, I've also started the second playthrough, um, though I decided afterwards I paused on it because I was like, I, you know what? I'm just going to wait. Um, but uh, Nomad, where you kind of just start as this outsider of town and are looking to go to um, Night City to to make your mark, right? You decide you want to move up in the world type thing. Um, but regardless, you all kind of like, regardless of which path you do there after about the first hour or so you you kind of get guided to the exact same eventual setup which is you pair up with this uh guy that depending whichever of the past you chose named jackie wells that kind of becomes your you know your buddy right your your bill to your ted if you will your uh uh what's another good one i don't know <laughs> but uh you know and you go and you kind of are, you get like a montage of you doing, montage. of doing, you know, different heists and, be, you know, building up your rep and all that until eventually you make it to the point where you're kind of ready to get noticed by bigger players, right? And you end up on a big heist that, of course, predictably doesn't go the way you'd hoped it goes. Uh, I won't spoil what happens, but not too long afterwards is when. Keanu Reeves comes into your life. <laughs> You've seen that, Johnny Silverhands. Yes, and that's kind of where the main game, if you will, opens up and does its thing. And from there, it's a, it's kind of a that point on a, what do you want to do? Do you want to go around and just do random quests? Do you want to get guided to meeting more meaningful side characters, or do you just want to be the person that does like the main story and that's it? Like that is all up to you. You know, is definitely how long this game is, is a preference of choice, right? Um, I wouldn't say like, even though like max level is 50 in this game, you could probably like, I was level 45 when I beat this game and I was mowing people down on the final levels because it was clear I was double the required levels (laughs) to, you know, to fight them. So it's like, this is not a game if you don't want to get lost in it that you have to, Um, uh, which is good because for most of the time it if you really do like side quest you are reminded that what CD Project Red does better maybe than 95% of other developers out there um is write and develop great characters and interesting quests for them to go on and give you choice that is not always perfectly clear um is not always simple uh, and, you know, could have drastic outcomes like where you might, you could lose a relationship with someone that you want to be closer with 
or you have to decide, am I someone who is playing as this, like where I have my morals to what I want personally. Um, and I'm going to therefore make the choice that closes that off, even though it means I might not get to get the end result with a character that I'm looking for, right? Things like that. Um, they are littered throughout here. Um, I mean, like from folks who you meet early on in the main story who kind of come back and you see the fallout of certain actions that have taken place to other ones that are just like a rogue or a, a taxi service that's ran by this AI that kind of takes you to places where you're like, what is reality? Um, <laughs> to catching up on like things that have gone on in Keanu or um, murder mysteries are in there. Uh, I mean, like there's, there's all sorts of just random things. And then on top of that, you also just have kind of like uh, the equivalent of, I guess, Assassin's Creed's like little, blue markers right from um from this last one or the question marks from witcher from three <laughs> from witcher three where like you just have certain things you can just show up and you go in and there's like a fixer that runs the area they need something done they tell you what it is sometimes it's very basic right like hey this person wants you to go in there and hack this person they'd prefer you do it quiet if possible if you do it we'll give you a bonus right but, you know, regardless, you can still go in there and get the job out you want. So other ones where, like, when you just go in, you think it's normal at first, and then you actually get something really random and interesting and different. Like, you know, and this is, again, kind of where this game is, I think, its strongest part. Like, this is where you get the allure along with the setting that these feel like adventures that could only happen necessarily in Night City, right? Um yeah. Let me ask you this. You did bring up Witcher 3, and you kind of hinted that, mm -hmm. you know, CD Projekt Red, when they do it right, it's it's brilliant. And I remember yes. when I was a mere fan of the show mm -hmm. and your friend in real life, I knew how much you enjoyed the story tree mm -hmm. that Witcher 3 was. And you love this studio. And am I hearing you right? And that that is probably still prevalent in this game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they are good at that. They know how to make you feel. They know how to make you choose, but they, they also give you a freedom mm -hmm. to kind of go where you want with it. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's, I think I'm glad to hear they didn't lose that. We, we, we're going to talk about later and, and we all know <laughs> if you, if you're in the games, the, the struggles they had with this game, but it's good to know that that, that their essence, they still have that. Yeah. I think I, that's important. I don't think the issues mainly coming off of this game are on the core development team. Right. right. I think it's a, a lack of leadership and organization. And then also expectations from the top of what they needed, right. From a, a high level part of the company where I'm sure it was like, Hey, we ain't released anything since 2016. We need to release something and it needs to be out by X date. Um, and you know, that's been, I think that's where you start to see the evidence of this is when you start to, for me, it was like the first 20 hours of this game. I was just like, this is amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I started to see the paint come off and I started to look closer and I was like, they really did rush this. Like, not just in the sense of, like, if you look at the consoles, because I didn't play the console version, right? I played PC, and sure, there are graphical... PC Master Race, bro. Like, there are graphical bu bugs in here, and, you know, that's... I I'm not 
too harped on that because I do remember Witcher 3 was, you know, a little bit of a buggy game when that launched. Like, I remember calling Roach and he would just be on top of the house. And you're like, come on, Roach. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have yeah. to calm down. Um, you know, I remember the, the horse stories. That was hilarious. Yeah, the horse was terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> legendarily terrible. but Legendary terrible. But the allure of what was there, you could get past those. Here, it's more of like you know, take driving in this game, right? Cars, they don't really take any damage physically in a way that we would expect in like a GTA game, right? Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, I actually saw that in person. Only time you can shoot out of a car is if it's a scripted mission. So you can't like, you know, just drive down the street and like start shooting people. That's what you want. Um, You know, the mini map is really tight and you can't customize it anyway. So you yeah. really can't drive high speed without doing a lot of 180s that's there. Physics for motorcycles feels like you're on the moon because if you go on an off ramp and it's too, you're going too fast and it's too steep of a dive, you'll go flying about 50 feet off the ramp, hit a wall and just drop down like the contact didn't do anything to you. And you're just, you're just there now. You know, that is so peculiar that they chose to do that. Yeah. Like when you're, uh, when you're out in the badlands, there's not even like an AI driving system in this game. I had a part where I was in the desert, right. And I was going to head back to the city and this is where I really saw it was broken. Um, I was driving back to the city and I decided it's flat desert. I'm not going to take this road. Right. I'm just going to drive till I straight line till I get to the highway. I started driving to the highway. (laughs) All of a sudden, I see this huge thing of cars come crashing onto the highway because the game doesn't have a true AI driving system where there's consistently something maybe low-key running in the background right, of cars there. So now it's trying to figure out how to get cars quickly (laughs) onto the highway so that I'm there. panics. And then later on, when you're on the highway, if you have a car coming at you and you pass by and then you look behind you, the car is gone. It just disappears because it can't – the game couldn't – handle you know running and having a large amount of cars on the map unless it's like in a tight city where they're not moving if you get out of your car and just leave it there it backs up traffic they don't know how to drive around your vehicle if you shoot at them with the car in front of there they don't drive off they just get out of their cars and cower like you know these are where you start to see the systems of the world where you're like this is stuff that's like been figured out for years and you know, it not j- like going back to GTA three stuff. Um, yeah, and, and you always you 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 know you you've said, and I've kind of been aware that CD Projekt Red is not necessarily the world's biggest studio. No, and like even knowing people. that these these kind of discrepancies, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear it in your voice. It's unacceptable. Like, yeah, there's no reason. AI, right? AI, you can't go around and really talk to people more than one or two lines. You can't rob them. You know, like the fact that this is like supposed to be an RPG like this and I can't rob someone like they just don't care when I go into their apartment and like stare at them and go like, yes, I will take your nine thousand dollars real quick that you have right here. Bye. Um, You know, it's it, it's like all these little things you just start to go, huh? Then you look at like systems in there and. Yeah, with it, like how you build your characters, how things work. And it's kind of a mixed bag. Some of them work better. The more basic ones, like just using guns, right? I think like someone can figure out real quick. Hey, if I put, if I like to use guns and I put 
stuff in that gives me more crit and more damage, that works well. But like if you're wanting to build like crafting builds or things like that, right? Or just a stealth build, I don't think those systems work well. Um, when you actually get into combat, the AI is dumb, it is dumb as hell. Like they just go and hide behind a box and you can pretty much flank them as you pick. I like there's, there's no incentive to play stealth because yeah. they will not do anything. To, so you so know, you're saying stop. if John wanted to go dishonored up in here and play stealthy, mm-hmm. he'd have a terrible experience. They are decent as far as the routes. The one thing they do have a little bit of decency to is the routes that they go around. And the thing, the way the game really wants you, I think to play stealth is that it combines well with your hacking abilities. Right. So like I could have, an ability where first I use a machine to ping off of, and it identifies everyone that's in an area like, cause you know, that's bouncing off of. And then afterwards I can go to machines and be like, okay, let me shut down the camera so it doesn't see me and let me activate this one machine here so that the enemy is distracted by it. And I can either choose to sneak around or I could kill them or knock them out. And there are like bins where you can put people in, right? That said, as long as you're crouching, I never really invested many points in the stealth, but if I wanted to go stealth in the level, it was never too much work for me. Like versus, and John, you appreciate this, like stealth and dishonored, especially if you're trying to go for the non-killing type of stealth, right? And, and really trying to avoid discovery, it's work. You know, it, it, it's work and you get rewarded and you feel great when you pull it off. I never really felt like this here. It was just more of what does the fixer who's giving me the job want me to do? And also what's conveni- convenient to me uh, as I go. Because as time went on, I got more powerful. I even had less incentive unless someone was asking me to do it because, you know, I had so many weapons and choices where I could just shoot everyone uh, and, you know, do everything. Um, you know, I put time in and of course it made me powerful, which is great. And I don't mind that. Uh, it, it's just more of, I wish the AI had risen with me to challenge me where it made it really worthwhile that I had these like things like getting the mana's blades or, um, there was a uh, one that I really liked, uh, where basically it turns you into Iron Man, like where you just have missiles that come out of your Ooh. arm and you're shooting them at people. I like that. I yeah. like the Iron Man. Love you three thousand. I love that. I loved. I love the tech weapons. Like towards the end of the game, I had tech weapons maxed out, and basically you just charge them up, and they can shoot through a wall. And for me, it was pretty much instant kills if I hit you anywhere with it, even if you were standing behind like yeah. three feet of concrete. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and as you're talking, I can't help but refer back to the fact that when you first spoke. Mm-hmm. You put in about 115 hours. Yeah. So so even with a mixed bag of things, yeah, something drove you to keep... I mean, that's, that's a long time to play a game, bro. I mean, it changed my voice when I brought it up. The main thing that kept me going were the side characters. I didn't want to miss a side character. Um, like, there, there's kind of like two levels of them. There's the main ones um, that are more so... Could eventually come in effect to the story... Uh, depending on who, how your romance and connections are, right? And then there are other ones that are just more of like interesting scenarios. Like there's one that starts off uh, with a main one, right? And then all of a sudden 
there's a side story that comes off of that with a couple that is completely different type of storyline, distinct, uh, and very engaging. Right. And I, I did not know how that story was ever going to end. And I felt like it was one of those stories that made me consistently debate what is smart, like for what they were risking versus what is my ethical idea of what is right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, making decisions like that, that's, that's what keeps me going. Um, that can't, I mean, I mean, that's valid, of course, but sure. that can't be the only thing that kept you playing well, for 120 I, hours. I, I, I have to mm. think that the game looked like the city just looks cool at night. Yeah. I would want to be, I would want to be all up in that. You know mm. what I'm saying? Um, I feel like the, the music I would like that the kind of accompanies you. Cause it's that, you know, the score is very good. Um, mm. Stations are okay. There, there is a mix. Um, I liked, I liked driving around listening to just like jazz. <laughs> There's a did jazz it have the, <laughs> jazz hands? Yeah. Uh, did it, did it have the same effect of? I, I can't help but I, I'm thinking of Witcher as you're talking about this game mm-hmm. and the massive open world that it was. I'm thinking of a little bit of Skyrim. I don't know why, because when you talked about like robbing people, and of course I'm thinking about like GTA Five. Mm. Uh, when you talked about going through the desert, I thought instantly about being in that game and how mm. it was so fun to to travel from the desert back to the city. How how just pure and easy it was. And then you know you turn on the radio station. That's a classic. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I hope they captured some of that in their own way. I really do. They do. I mean, like I said, there is. I said this, like it's a mixed game and it's a painful mixed game because the highs are extremely highs and the potential is there. Like where you're like, even this isn't perfect today, right? Like where you could just do a couple of patches, tweak a few things, get the settings right type thing. And all of a sudden it would be the, like kind of like how it was for Witcher where, you know, I played that game for about two weeks, right? When it first came out. And then I took yeah. off for about a month because we had E3 and it was just me and Chris at the time, right? And we were doing our things. And then I came back to it about mid-July after it had been patched. And that's when I was like, oh, now this is even 10 times better <laughs> well, than when I played. Well, you know, we all, you know, we all like a good patch, right? Right. <laughs> right. But well, Chris, um, I mean, can, can the patches and things that they're doing to quote unquote fix this game mm-hmm. are they are they are these the type of things that are going to be able to fix what you describe as passing a car on the highway to looking back and and that car is it is the is are they going to be able to do something where that car is actually there when you look behind you they could come in and i mean yeah i mean if they're willing like- it look you you look at it like no man's sky and where that game was on launch day versus yeah, where it is way different right? now it, it it shows you if a developer is willing to commit the time and the resource right yeah it's definitely possible um you know that's what made this painful was i was like man what if you didn't have to worry about all the problems that creep up from those last gen consoles right and say like when they delayed the game back in april said we're only doing pc this year and we're not doing last gen. We can't promise you that's ever going to happen. Um, you know, but we'll eventually have it on next gen. 
Imagine if they had just been focusing on that, just making the best PC version of this game possible from then to now, even with crunch, whatever, how many of these systems probably could have been easily figured out and been dedicated to and organized to where they were better on day one versus now where they have to all, you know, these kind of issues. Yeah. I want to get them resolved, but we all know for the next two months, their focus is not on this. Their focus is just getting the console versions to something that, you know, doesn't piss everyone off anymore. Right. Um, so you have to get all that right before you can even begin to address these things. And then you also have to consider the fact that obviously they're going to want to at some point get some DLC out that they can make some more money off this game. Right. Cause yeah, I think that's where it all comes down to is money. Yeah. I mean, duh. I think that that actually ruined the initial launch experience. If I'm being quite honest, they just wanted to make the most money they could. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about this because yeah. plus you're plus you're living in a pandemic world where you don't have the, you don't have the sure. studio as a whole all together mm-hmm. for someone to say, look at this tear here. I mean, it, it's like, I, I see so many strings holding this together. It's like everybody's doing their part yes. at their house, sending it to the higher ups and the higher ups are going, guys, this game looks great. Yeah. When in fact had, had the team been together as a whole, they would have, I almost think that the, I almost think that the development team mm-hmm. would have been able to hold leadership more accountable had, I don't know, had, had everybody been together. If, uh, but the fact that everybody's turning in their assigned work mm-hmm. separately there and all they can go do is, is hear leadership go, this is coming together guys. Yeah. You got if, if I'm the guy who's my job is to program driving AI and I'm going like, man, this isn't doing great. And I don't think I'm going to hit my deadline, but he's, but my leader comes back and says, it's fine. Great. We'll, we'll, <laughs> it's fine for what it is on launch day and we'll get it out there. And you know, then we'll continue working on this in Q1 of next year and we'll get it right. It's like, don't worry about it. I, yeah, if I, if that's all my job is in this game is to do that one task. I am not going to have an idea of what's going on everywhere else. I'm probably going to think, Oh, everything else must be going really well. Right. Unless I'm got friends on our teams and I'm talking to them. Well, this is something you can't change about the industry, yeah. but you know, every, there are certain, and I think this is a lesson that we've kind of learned over the past two years with all our favorite marquee studios, whether it be Bioware, whether it be CD Projekt Red, mm-hmm. it's no longer, it's almost like it's not, we're going to do it anyway because we're human beings, but it's, it feels like it's no longer appropriate to put any development studio, regardless of their pedigree and regardless of the games that they've put out to put them on that, you know, and not to mention the fact that, once upon a time, CD Projekt Red made a good game called The Witcher. Then they made a great game called The Witcher 2. Mm-hmm. Then they made... And then John the Froze. Oh, but the question we have that, that we should ask ourselves... Uh, sorry. But the, the, the question we should ask ourselves were, is were they, were they worthy mm-hmm. of that mantra that the industry gave them just because all of a sudden they created The Witcher 3? Was it a flash in the pan? Was it just... Was it George Lucas's Star Wars? But he did they catch lightning in a bottle, bro? I don't think it was lightning in a bottle. I won't go that far. I think the reason why it's different is that 
by Witcher 2, by the time that game came out, I think like the lifetime sales of that series was like 6 million copies or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Witcher 3 alone sold like 30 million copies. But that's my you know, point. Yeah, like they went from being a public, they were always a publicly traded company, but they became publicly traded with two very dis- different realities of, you know, before Witcher versus post Witcher 3. Um, right. I, I think, think post Witcher 3, the industry looked at them as a triple A studio yeah. when they've always been a double A studio. No, I think never changed. I do think they've been a triple A studio. I think the problem is, is that they all of a sudden had realities in terms of, of being a public studio that like EA always has, right? EA always has this problem where they have to consistently look and say, we have a timeline of release that we have to put things out to make our investors happy. Otherwise they could pull uh, funds on shares, right? And we could lose uh, profit margin. Uh, here they are looking at, and I'm sure the chief thing that from the uppers that they never had to consider with Witcher 3 is if we don't get this out by the end of 2020, we could lose X amount investment because people think it's a bad sign, you know, yeah, that but, don't know better. EA, EA never put anything on a console that didn't run. You might not have liked the monetizations. You mm. might not have liked the design choices. I mean, the only other thing I can think of is back when they put Skyrim on PlayStation Three, and to this day, it doesn't work. No yeah. one ever, put, never, well, put, never, nobody ever put the microscope on Bethesda at the time and said, "Why did you put a broken game on our platform?" Yeah, that it's was. I, I think that was one too. That was hard because you didn't realize what was wrong until well after the yeah. fact, right? Because it was like one of those things you didn't know until like someone put two hundred hours in. And apparently opened every door. <laughs> um, yeah, here though, like there should have never been a a point, you know, that they knew that. Mm. Like, th- to me, it was like they were just hoping. I guess executive leadership was just hoping that they will get this hail mary pass on the day one patch. Um, and you know, the reason they yeah, got so much praise. Yeah. The reason they got so much praise was that they were doing everything different than every large corporation at that moment, right? They didn't care about online. They didn't care about loot boxes. They weren't nickel and diming you for DLC or anything else. They said, we're going to give you a bunch of free DLC for a year, and then we're going to do two expansions that are going to pretty much add was the equivalent of a major third-party game. You know, another 30 to 40 hours right there for you to go and get lost in. And then we're going to move on to the next tile only after we've finished doing the DLC and support for this. But we're still going to continually patch the game on all consoles up until like 2019. You know, in here, <laughs> it instead of having that mantra, and you know, there were good things here, right? We're going to give you a free upgrade to next gen if you buy this game on current gen. We're going to give you this. We're going to give you that. And it really wasn't until we got to about release that you started to go, wait, you're not showing us anything on the old consoles. You have people that got early copies of the game in the wild for free, and you're doing DMA orders to get the footage taken down. You're basically now saying that when you show the review, you're not allowed to use any of your own footage captured. You have to use pre-approved stock B-roll. Like, all of these little things were kind of warning. You know, that's when the flare-ups to me came and I guess we just, I mean, there's probably someone out there who saw it coming and just said, I will steer clear, but I definitely didn't see it. 
till I haven't moment. I haven't been this upset since the Joy-Con drift. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> Yeah. No, I it's it's I don't know how Sean felt about it. I mean, you I mean, you remember how we were talking? We were talking about two episode arc of covering you know, covering <laughs> the game. Yeah. But when but when we started seeing the threads, you you having played a CD Project Red game or or two or three, mm-hmm. you were there. I mean, it's like yeah. Uh, with Unity, I was an Assassin's Creed fan. I knew this game was everybody was talking about all the problems with it, but I bought it because I was invested in its property and its brand. Um, I bought it just to hope to see great bugs. (laughs) Remember that? Am I freezing up again? Yeah, you froze up. It was, it was great though, because your, your audio actually stuck with it. Like it never got jumbled. It just, you all of a sudden going Uh, like double time for a minute. (laughs) It was great. You're like, you've been been doing that this whole episode. It's it's been very distracting. That's funny. Nobody's fault, obviously, but, but can, um, well, yeah, I just Sean, I don't know what I just got turned off by the hype just went away. When yeah, I just, well, dude, once I started seeing that stuff, mm-hmm. shut it down, bro. Uh, yeah, I was like, I, I, my my thing was when it when I heard that it wasn't working on consoles, I'm like, I'm not buying it on PC because you don't deserve my money for this. Sure, you just don't deserve it. So that's, that's I fair. I wanted so badly to play it, but you know, I, I got stuck playing Immortals Phoenix Rising. You would definitely, I mean, John, you held on Assassin's Creed had a baby. You definitely uh, like aspects of this game. Uh, if you ever get a chance, yeah. if it gets worked out. Other thing I didn't no, like I, about this game, I've been by the way, about it since that original trailer a long time ago. Other thing, uh, and I mean, maybe some people will say this is nitpicking, but you know me, John, I, I always like romance in these types of games, right? I, I'm very particular <laughs> to figure out where my Richard is going to lie. Right, you gotta have um, some material, you know. And I, I so, feel like that was something too. Whereas, even though the the stories around these characters that you can romance is really good, the thing that sucks is you basically have, at, like, depending on you, like, right, like if you say I am John and my V is a male and he's heterosexual, right? Or Sean goes, I am a female V and I am homosexual, right? Whatever it may be. You basically only have one person you're going to be able to romance in this game, no matter what kind of connections you make. And to me, that's the dumbest thing ever because it's kind of like one of the things I love about Bioware games, like the early ones before uh, the dark times, Um, (laughs) but uh, like Mass Effect and Dragon Age, its core content was the idea of here's a ship or a crew of like 12 people and yes, some may be homosexual and some may only be heterosexual, but for the most part, there are a wealth of different personalities for you to choose who it is that matters to you. Versus here, the person I easily identified with most, I could not go the full way to see if I could like actually get her to a place like where maybe there was a little bit of a different outcome than what I ended she up getting. She would not give it up, bro. She would not. So then I had to go out to uh, a tank and get with this other girl. And I mean, it was a nice rebound, but uh, what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. When you said, when you said Mass Effect, I thought you were going to say Andromeda. (laughs) But you said Mass Effect Andragon Age. (laughs) That's weird. That's weird for me. Maybe we should do the next part with the cameras off on us. (laughs) So Rage 2 is better than this game? No. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you do. love Rage too, John. Oh, I do. I love it. 
Do it. Do I do I do my Richard thing now? I I think I think it's time. Yeah, I I'm gonna. You kept saying mixed bag, but there is some highs of highs and lows. Gotta uh, say, um, nine point five. I forgot about no, this. Thinking- uh, the end of this game, without spoiling anything, there's multiple endings, and the one I got was I'm guessing. I mean, I'm guessing that's probably kind of one of those things where maybe it's a little bit similar, but then also a little bit different. Um, it, it was pretty impressive. And that's like, again, where I was like that point where I did get pulled back in for those, like those last couple of hours when I finally to go, went to finish the game. I was like, okay, yeah, this is still cool. I like this. All right, um, I'm going, I was going to go 7.5. I think he's going to go eight now. I think he's going eight. I, I decided he's I, I am. Nine. He's going nine. No, oh. I am uh I'm going with the classic IGN seven point eight, aka oh. not good enough to be considered great at this point. But, but very, very good. But very, very good. Yeah. And the thing that's sad is yeah, this game could have been a nine. It could have been nine point five if maybe it was just better managed or um or delayed, you know? There, there'll be part of me that goes like, man, been a contender. like a, been a contender. <laughs> imagine if even if like back when they had to delay this in November, they just said, we're delaying it to fall 2021, all the versions. I would have been fine with it because I would rather, you know, I'll take that Miyamoto uh, adage of, you know, just like I'd rather the game come out and it be finished and good than it come out and be broken and that or you know just not fully realized and that's kind of what i feel here is like sometimes i play this game i'm like this is interesting and no one else is doing stories like this like i just played 100 hours of assassin's creed uh uh, valhalla i can tell you there is no story on the level of what like some of the things that are talked about in this game um even with those places that you went to john Uh, (laughs) but you know on the other hand the worst thing i had in assassin's creed valhalla is like I, I I got shot across the earth when I hit someone with my axe one time because of physics. That's that's the worst I ever had it in Valhalla, and that's a that's a good day in Cyber City, if that's the worst thing happened or Night City. So nice. Well, I appreciate your 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 commitment to the game. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know if I've ever put a hundred hours in a game. And then probably did with the you probably yeah. did with Destiny and WoW. Yeah, yeah, I mean those I don't feel like those count, yeah. you know. But yeah. who knows? I I gotta say, uh yeah, you kind of did your own thing on this one. There's a lot of people who well, some put it in the sevens, some put it in perfect scores. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, man. Cyberpunk 277. 277. <laughs> oh, what what year is it? 277. 277. Brought to you <laughs> by the man himself, the review, Chris. Woo-hoo. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah. You you want to do some news? Uh, that'd be nice. John? Yes, please. Okay. All off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News! Did anybody actually say news? I didn't didn't hear anything. I didn't didn't hear anything. You guys didn't come through at all. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank God. Uh, 
<laughs> Google Stadia is now playable on iPhone and iPad through the Safari web browser. <laughs> if you have no, the latest firmware, you can head to stadia.google.com, log in, and start gaming. This is regardless of whether they are on a free or paid subscription to Google's gaming or sorry, Google's game streaming service. This is the first time Stadia games have been playable on iOS devices since the launch. Uh, there has been a Stadia app that only allows you to set up an account and manage settings while playing. So mm-hmm. very much exciting, yo. True. Well, now I'm going to get it. Thoughts, prayer. Oh, because you can play it on your iPad. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how well that works through uh, the browser. Coming to you next week on Weekly Game Chat. (laughs) There's no telling. There's no, uh, I think next week, though, like, don't, when do we do like our favorite games from 2020? That would probably be next week, unless I think, I think Chris is going to make us do it next week. You don't have to do it next week. You know, I do it. Whoa. There's an edit. Ban hammer. <laughs> There's an edit. Holy Lord, Chris. My uh, bad. Buddy. Where is it? That was that was real, and I apologize. Um, that was finger licking good. Oh, I see what you did. There. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Speaking of finger licking good, chicken. Let's talk about, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about finger licking gaming. Uh, honey, you'll want to hear this. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken has gotten into the console business with the KF console. The machine is VR ready, Intel powered, and capable of 4K ray tracing with frame rates up to 240. Most importantly, mm-hmm. there is a chicken chamber that will keep <laughs> your chicken warm as you game. That is awesome. The case is built by Cooler Master, and the patented chicken chamber is its best feature, of course. According to the description, quote, never... <laughs> never risk letting your chicken go cold again thanks to the patented chicken chamber utilizing the system's natural heat and airflow system you can now focus on your game play and enjoy hot crispy chicken or original recipe between dude rounds and ladies and gentlemen this is not a gaffe this is not some one-time thing that they made for promotional stuff well they did it for promotional stuff but this is a real thing. You can actually buy this Dude, thing. Yeah. Think about any time you picked up a controller after you ate or somebody else ate and the controller looked like a wet, nasty mess. Just when like have you ever listening? wanted to eat chicken and then pick up your controller or mouse pad? Dude, what we can do is we can do like a, a hybrid podcast where we talk about the KF console and your <laughs> wife. Your wife. About the Mario Lopez Kentucky Fried Chicken Lifetime movie, or is it Lifetime? I think it's Lifetime. Hey, yeah, I think we it's don't watch for the seventy eighth time. Really, it's twice. close enough. You, it's not the same. It's the same ish. It, it's it's Burger King and McDonald's, right? Both sell burgers and fries, right? Mm-hmm. But they're different. I'm saying Lifetime's the same as Oxygen. It's not. Uh, it's not. Chris, you bring value to the podcast. I appreciate you, sir. Yep. Speaking of value, Discord. Has achieved a value of seven billion. That buys a lot of KFC consoles, uh, and puts the company in a value higher than some game companies. The company raised one hundred million in investor funding after Discord doubled its user base from a year Double ago, uh, according to TechCrunch. 
This shows the investors see great value in the company. The value is close to what Microsoft purchased Bethesda for this year. Their value is even bigger than studios like 2K or Capcom, perhaps even combined. Apps like Discord have only become more valuable than uh, during the pandemic, as evidenced by your very own weekly games chat. We're That's going us, on, boys. We're going to Microsoft Teams next week, guys. Is that a thing? Yeah, we we have it. We we have it for free. Um, in our jobs, we do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think it's free in general. Um, yeah, this is true. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, Discord's the bomb. Yeah, it's all around us. One <laughs> might say, it's a moment. <laughs> I, I would happened? make a. I think I would make a prediction that either Microsoft, Apple. Amazon or Google will buy Discord in the next five years. Yeah, somebody's going to ruin it, and I don't. I don't mean to, you know, to rain down negativity on any company you just mentioned, but mm. I felt like Skype was great until Microsoft bought it, <laughs> uh, and I don't want Discord to get bought by a big company and corporatize it. And is that a word? And make it not what it is now, but somebody probably will if it continues to be the place that people like podcast. Shows, gamers, I, uh, all those go to. I guess it's also possible that instead of getting bought out, I could see um, what you call maybe if it would happen, it would be Microsoft probably that leads the way on it of just reaching out to say, we will allow Discord to be on an Xbox, right? Because they do have partnerships with them already um, and stuff like that. And I think it would be easier for them also on the PC side to just say, hey, we have Discord integration with all of our PC Games Pass stuff, right? Um, so I think I think Nintendo should buy it. <laughs> well, it's they wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's hilarious. I, I I recently upgraded my my Nintendo <laughs> uh, Switch online, and there's there's a did you know one on one section in your news feed now. It talks about the companion app for your smart device to talk to your friends. Yeah. Boo. Uh, but, uh, John, uh, I got to tell you, I was tempted to get Among Us on my Nintendo Switch. They're you all know. around us. They're among us. How much is it on Switch? Uh, like $3.99, Really? Just, or no. Or like $5. I thought, $5. It, was, I, thought like it, was pretty, on, I thought it was only on PC. But no. anyway. Mm-mm. Super Data has revealed there were roughly half a billion players. That's a few of Among Us in November, making it quote by far the most popular game ever in terms of monthly players. Thank you, AOC. The PC version, which costs five dollars, was held has held uh, was held sixty four percent of the revenue from August to November, despite only accounting for three percent of the player base. In other news, Shadowlands allowed WoW to enjoy its highest monthly revenue since 2008. That's crazy. And highest player count since 2010. Thank you, Sean. That's more crazy because Legion was off the chain. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla! Sold 1.7 million units digitally Mm. and performed 50% better than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Thank you, Chris. What do you mean perform better? Like, like, literally perform better, sold more. Oh. wise, but I think this only. I think this. Well, I think it's clear that Valhalla is going to sell more. Valhalla than, than Odyssey, but uh, I think this is doing digital stuff. Mm-hmm. Digital. 
That's it. That's in sync, and I'm glad you sang that song. That's probably uh, why I ordered a digital console. <laughs> did you uh did you guys see that the digital consoles came in stock today? Mm. I did. Um but Sony got projects, yo. Uh Tony Vince Cara. Vincicara? No, that is not what it says, Christopher. <laughs> Sony Pictures chairman and CEO has revealed that his studio is developing seven TV shows and three movies based on PlayStation games. Dear Lord. <laughs> to quote Mr. Vincicara, we have no specific plan yet, but we have a program within the company called One Sony. You'll be seeing a lot more integration of Sony companies together. It was not clarified if The Last of Us and Uncharted were projects included in the count. PlayStation Productions launched in 2019, and they are, quote, already in production on its first slate of projects and has set up shop on the Sony Studios lot in Culver City. Culver City? It's going to be a Sony... Sony Cinematic Universe, where Ratchet exists in a in, in, a, in the same universe as Kratos. Ratchet already cool. does exist in a Sony universe of uh, movies, but a real one, <laughs> an actual, not those one. fake movies. Yeah, yeah not Sony. those fake Sony movies. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Speaking of like a quick tangent, did you see how bad they're saying Monster Hunter is? Um, actually, no. did you watch it? No, no, but. It's uh, actually IGN gave it a great score. They I know, but most people who are not IGN are like, eh. Well, you know what? I'm tired of people. I'm just going to watch what I want to watch. Well, who's the act? What's the director's name? The dude uh, that's married to Milia Djokovic. Yeah. Who's in the movie. Yeah. Who met right. when they did Resident Evil. Right. Yeah. I think his name's Maxim. It's uh, Paul Verhoeven or something like that. Yeah, Definitely not remember. Maxim. Yeah. I was just like, this all, when I when I heard that, uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah, I was like, when I started to hear this, I was researching, I was like, ah, now this all makes sense how this came to be and the way it was made and why it is this way and all that kind of stuff, right? I guess, man. And by the way, John, <laughs> IGN gave... I liked it. I don't know what IGN you yeah, were looking yeah. at because I thought I remember this. Yeah, I got a three from IGN, the movie. They hate How it. do they rate movies? Three out of what? Ten. <laughs> I was just <laughs> like, I don't think that's <laughs> right. Oh, sometimes I, I, I know I, questions. I Maybe it was someone else. Answers false. to questions hmm? I ask. I think this is false. <laughs> Fake news. Um... Uh, yeah, we we are we are at a a point to pivot to the next thing. Is that you? No, it's John. Oh. Uh, this you know this pause well, is quite appears, a steamer. Well, it appears that Monster Hunter is a steamer. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is. Why, why don't we just move on? Just quite <laughs> a steamer it is. Steam has released its best of 2020 by way of top sellers and most played. Here are the top five sellers, which are number one, Among Us. Shocker. Number two, Counter Strike Global Offensive. Number three, Cyberpunk 2077, to pay for that massive lawsuit. Uh, Destiny 2 and Doom Eternal. I don't uh, think those were in order, by the way. I think it was alphabetical and released the order of them. When did you decide that was the case? <laughs> like when they when, I, when I read the article when it came out. 
And then when you looked at the list and it was in alphabetical order. <laughs> when did you decide that was the case? When you read right it now? Were you saving that for this this show? No, was that, I didn't was read that, that part till uh, you didn't. I didn't realize you written uh, Among Us. Counter. Uh, I'll wait. <laughs> Uh, Among Us, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, and Dota 2. So there you go. There's your steamers. Mm. Speaking of steamers, here's some games with gold, apparently. Because <laughs> that's about what the quality of these are. Holy. Except for the first one. Uh, for the full month of January on Xbox Games of Gold, you can get Little Nightmares. Then from the 16th through February 15th of next month, you can get Dead Rising. Uh, the first half of this month, you can get King of Fighters 13. Didn't know they made 12 other of those. Uh, and finally, there's Breakdown, which is the back half of January. Wasn't that a Mariah Carey song, too? <laughs> and an event, too, if you recall. <laughs> I do recall. Uh, yeah, those are not the best games to make me want games with gold, but it's probably fine. Uh, we have made it, ladies and gentlemen, to the new section that we call Finally This Week. In a moment, you will hear Chris say those words. And before we start, I want to let Chris know I'd like him oh. to read paragraphs three and four if I read paragraphs one and two of the final. Okay, I get three and four. Okay. All right. All right. I didn't know that. Surprise. The, no, this was, yeah, this was a, this just happened. Spring on Chris moment. Dear Lord. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The ballad continues. Oh, boy. In mid-December, Sony and Xbox both opted to pull Cyberpunk 2077 from their online stores. In a statement, Sony indicated, quote, SIE, as Sony uh, Interactive Entertainment, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yes strives to ensure a high level of customer satisfaction. Therefore, we will begin to offer a full refund for all gamers who have purchased Cyberpunk 2077 via the PlayStation Store. SIE will also be removing Cyberpunk 2077 from the PlayStation Store until further notice. In response, the board of CD Projekt Red released a statement. It reads, All copies of the game previously purchased digitally on PlayStation Store remain available for use by their respective buyers. Gamers can still buy physical versions of the game in retail and mall order stores. Uh, CD Projekt Red has vowed to bring Cyberpunk 2077 back to the PlayStation Store and others as soon as possible. Uh, quote, according to our knowledge, starting today, everyone who is not willing to wait for updates and wants to refund their digital copy of the game can do so by submitting a request. We're working hard to bring Cyberpunk 2077 back to PlayStation Store as soon as possible. Hmm. To make Maris worse. Rosen Law Firm filed a class action lawsuit against CD Projekt SA due to its alleged violation of federal securities laws. The lawsuit is filed on the behalf of shareholders to recover damages for CD Projekt uh, investors under the federal securities laws. Uh, The lawsuit claims the company made, quote, false and misleading statements and failure to disclose the condition of the game and that was virtually unplayable on some platforms. Uh, let's hope this game has sold a lot of copies to support the lawsuit's cost. In fact, though, <laughs> Cyberpunk has unfortunately only sold 13 million copies as of December 20th, uh, despite having to give refunds 
This number includes both retail and digital sales across all platforms with the refunds factored in. Crazy. As it's like you if you want the justification of why they put this game out, doesn't that just tell you right there? They're like, we sold 13 million copies of a game. So that's after that, we didn't count all the things. Yeah, that's we why they did it. 13 million. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, how the many did Witcher 3 sale? Like 30 million. And I think See, like yeah. that's where you could argue where the, the harm potentially comes further down the line, right? I don't know if this game, this game probably before launch would have had a good shot to sell 30 million, right? Um, if it was critically a darling and all that kind of stuff over time. But now, you know, it may, may stick around 13 million copies for a while. <laughs> If it ever goes much higher yeah. than that. I yeah, I, I really do hope that we hear that the game got better. Uh patches, you know, I'm go patch, <laughs> are making it more playable and, and stuff like that because when I saw at my friend's house, the game has a ton of potential to be really, really good, like Chris said. It's just right now yeah. a mixed bag. Yeah. It is what it is. And they and that shit they they kind of did all this stuff here that's happening, I feel it's all on them. Right, I don't think Sony or Microsoft would have pulled the game from the store if it weren't for the fact that basically they told them, oh, they'll give you refunds or whatever. So then, therefore, Sony and Microsoft, they're not about to just start refunding everything. So they're like, okay, we got to do refunds. It's got to come off the store, right, until we feel like it's shippable. And then on the other side, yeah, you know, there's there's you can go look at all the meetings and minutes of – uh of uh investors you know calls with the uh, company and uh you can see that they've asked a lot of questions through the years and never once were they given any kind of warning of what was coming especially with the console versions and things yeah. like that so i don't know it is i don't know about federal been security a, uh, like that though. a dumpster fire it has been a storm and uh <laughs> i hope that they come out on the on you know on the other end of this Mm-hmm. regain some dignity regain some sales uh not almost done tilly but we're close yeah i've been uh, there <laughs> and i uh, hope they hope they re, you know just basically pull a Diz- dennis robin and rebound that's all i'm saying true he was a good rebounder he was one of the best uh with yeah. that we are now talking about the pistons and dennis robin maybe <laughs> the bulls dennis robin i don't know mm. so that's a good time to say that is all for the news uh chris in a minute is gonna say do you want to wrap this up yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna answer a question like i always do john's gonna probably play it safe it's fine you know it is what it is chris would you guys like to wrap this up (laughs) never please Electronic mail of the future. From the year 3000. <laughs> uh, we are at the part of the show where we read emails. And if you think, are you thinking to yourself right now, hey, I would like to email the show, you can do that at Weekly Games Chat. Or, or I'm sorry, to Weekly Games Chat at gmail.com. Just like our first email here, H. H here again. Uh, my grind, or the title of the email, I should say, is Cyberpunk with a question mark. 
Uh, my grind for Cyberpunk has slowed down a bit. I've definitely gotten my open world experience. I went into a side mission grind. Yeah. And now I have this weird obsession with clearing them off of whole sections of the map. That happens to me too. It happened to me like in Spider-Man. Drives me nuts. It has been great though because of the character progression with abilities, weapons, and clothing, um, aka armor. I'm about to hop into a story mission grind to sort of even things out, but we'll see how it goes. I am loving this game. Oh, by the way, I play on PC, so I haven't had any of the console issues. I don't have any questions this week, but I just wanted to give an update and let you know I'm listening in. As signed by H. Thank you for the email, H. And we do have a PS, boys. That's a postscript. Uh, He says, PS, Matt is off work this week. Give him a hello for me. What up, Matt? What up, Matt? Hello, sir. And that that hello is for H. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Uh, we got another. We got a few more emails. Chris will tell you about the next one. This is from the Ginger Bear. That's that's what it's signed. <laughs> the Ginger Bear. It uh, sure is. Hey guys, I don't have a lot to say except Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. Hope it was well. I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077 on the Series X for about two hours. Not a lot, but I've had no major issues or even really minor ones. Give it time, young Padawan. Give it time. <laughs> uh, I've been swapping between that Destiny 2, so dope, since the XS update, Red Dead 2, and Lollipop Chainsaw. Ooh. Kind of waiting on Immortals Phoenix Rising to come in. Uh, then I'll go back to Cyberpunk when it's been patched, and I'm on... Uh, and then I'm back on the road in March. Maybe I did have a lot to say after all. See you guys, the Ginger Bear. We appreciate you writing in, Ginger Bear, sir. Yeah. Uh, and and since you brought up Immortals Phoenix Rising, I do want to say that right now, probably in the next few days, you can still scoop up this. It's twenty nine ninety nine on Amazon. Yeah, I think I got it for forty on Xbox, and if you went like PC route, right? Epic mm-hmm. right now it was on sale for forty and you can get a ten dollar coupon to make it thirty. Uh, I would so totally say this is guy. the time to buy that game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Uh, we have an email from your boy uh, Dan. <laughs> Had to read a little bit to get to who wrote this. Uh, hey guys, <clears throat> this is when you guys would say, "Hey Dan, what up, Dan? Cool." Uh, good to hear the band back together. Jealous you uh, all have a next-gen console. No stock in the UK meant I had to boot up Demon Souls on my PS3. Wow. Though still probably my favorite of the Souls games. Uh, anyway, due to no PS, I had Cyberpunk pre-ordered and started on day one. I was really pumped and did another playthrough on The Witcher 3 beforehand. That is some serious dedication. I have very mixed uh, views. Mixed bag, Chris. On Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. about 20 hours in. The glitches are not that much of an issue for me. They appear on most games. The screen tearing and frame drops are disappointing, but I just don't feel the game looks that great on the Xbox One. I honestly think The Witcher looks more vivid, crisp, and beautiful, which is a shame, as I love the cyberpunk aesthetic. My two main concerns at the moment are, one, it feels like a GTA clone. I get that it fits in with the story and theme, but I really do not get on with the terrible driving mechanics. Chris did mention those. Yeah. I don't want to get uh, out a phone HUD and message people, and the police mechanics are also very hard to follow. Police do not exist in this game, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Just standing near them sometimes makes everybody turn on me. Mm. 
two RP. I intentionally looked at every all right, very little before I played, but knew that you could choose from a handful of quote roll roll role playing classes. Mm. But twenty hours in, I don't feel like I'm really able to utilize the abilities or play the game as a net runner. I packed all of my stat upgrades and ability points into these and still end up only really being able to shoot people <laughs> or occasionally sneak up behind and stealth kill. Oh, sometimes I can use my exceptionally high lockpicking skills to open a door that just leads outside. Woohoo! Uh, that said, I, I do love Johnny, the Johnny character. <laughs> the easy quick save function is a godsend, and I really like the cyberpunk theme and tone. Yeah. I will continue to play as I can't get a PS5 yet and still have trust from the Witcher, though. Honestly, right now, I prefer the Outer Worlds to this. Current Richard, a 6.5. Peace Ooh. out, homies. Kind regards. That's from your boy, Dan. Dan, thank you for that. That's a very good email. Very yeah. good review. He makes and it kind of matches up with Chris. Yeah, he, he even hit things I forgot to talk about. Like, yeah, the you're always on the phone in this, and you have to wait for people to call you to keep moving on, which is kind of confusing if you're trying to figure out if you're done with the storyline or not. And then police in this game are just like, <laughs> say I kill someone, I get one star, I drive 15 feet, the star goes away. Like, unless you're just going to get out and straight up murder people, they leave you alone for the most part. <laughs> Just do your thing. But yeah. Crazy. Good point, Dan. Great email, Dan. Yes. La- last email. Hey, Iron Puppy wrote in. He said, hello, gentlemen. What up, IP? I know I haven't emailed in a while, but I still Fair listen work. to every episode. Really don't have much to say. Just keep up the good work. P.S. That's a postscript. Uh, cut the ghost B.S. Chris. Uh, Chris never really stopped being one of the official hosts of the show. Smiley face. And don't mm-hmm. read that last part. I'll just ask you, did you take care of that or do we need to do that? Soon? I will send him that with uh, one that can't expire here. In fact, very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, switching over to Twitter. If you do want to be a part of the social media phenomenon that is Twitter, we are on there. We are at Weekly Games Chat. Very easy if you if you know about this stuff. <clears throat> and it looks like uh, basically we just had uh, a lot of folks telling us, of course, to uh, have a great christmas and that was in response to me or us tweeting i should say that it was christmas week uh to be safe um and also don't forget that that christmas week was where the music spectacular lives and uh i appreciate uh everyone from nat Mm -hmm. um the gooner and uh others to uh simple ricks to you know kind of saying what's up and and uh merry christmas New Year's is coming up, so you guys be safe out there. I don't see that. Uh, let's see. Oh, ho, uh, uh, at Wigan79, I think you got taken care of. Uh, and what I mean, ladies and gentlemen, is he reached out to us via direct message uh, to send him a Discord invite. And that leads me to talk about Discord real quick. That's our community where all of the Richards live. It's the number one most requested place to visit in the entire internet world. That if might be wanna- anodal. <laughs> if you want a uh invite to that all you got to do is reach out to us either by email or by you know twitter messages or mentions uh or, or other ways you know and we'll get you an invite let me go see if we have any new followers we do uh and i saw this one popping the other day at travis c018 thank you for the follow following you back once again if you want to be a part of the twitter community that's at weekly games chat on twitter 
Um, and then we'll get you information for the discords if you need it. Uh, reminder one more time, if you want to send an email, weeklygamechat at gmail.com. Boys, this is John's favorite part of the show. This is when he uh, very soon gets to say a line that is uh, Thug Life, and he says it with the best of everybody. But before that, Chris, can we remind the folks what episode this has been? 280-ish. Seven? <laughs> Either 86 or 87. We're, we're getting closer to 300 every week. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do want to once again wish everybody a happy new year. I can't wait to see what 2021 brings us. Uh, hopefully some better and, and more gooder content from your boys here. Um, but if no one has anything else to add, this is that part like in weddings where they say, you know, everyone. Boys, I'm simply going to say game on to Chris. Game on, John. Game, game on, John. John. Game the flip on. <laughs> here we go. These are our taglines. Thug life. Whoa. What the? F- Peace out, everybody. Your mom's balls. <laughs>